welcome back to the Elite Football Show. My name is Haydar and I'm your host as usual today. We've just seen Man United scrape to probably one of the most luckiest victories we've seen in a long, long time. And the person to discuss this with me is Akash, the man behind the United link. Akash, welcome to the show and thank you for doing this with me after such a frustrating uh, performance. Always a privilege to come on the show, Heather, and um, thank you for inviting me. And uh, congratulations on on the rebranding of your show, uh, and uh, and I wish you all the success. And uh, and yes, it's it's it, it was uh, you know it's uh, that game's taken a toll on all of us. I'm pretty sure because um, I expected United to show a little more um, you know intent from the minute go, but I think it was extremely similar to Palace. In terms that, uh, in terms of the intensity, in terms of how we approach the game, but you know, we managed to uh, grind out a po- positive result, and um, even after the final whistle, and that doesn't happen. So I think it's uh, you know, a lot of positives, a lot of negatives, more negatives than positives, but um, a-, a lot needs to change, and I think today's result basically pap- papers over the cracks, and. It's United need to wake up. It's 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 not looking good as things stand. Yeah, absolutely. Look, you're always uh, welcome on this podcast. You're you're a great friend of mine, a great friend of the podcast. But I just want to pick on a few things. Look, it's very difficult not to be reactionary. I, I just feel I felt so angry th- during that whole ninety minutes, and I think the reason why I felt angry is because you look at the squad that's out there, or even the starting eleven that's out there. It's paying well well below its potential and I think you can argue obviously fitness is not there at the moment but the other thing that people say is well Manchester City have come back and they're looking fit so I you know you can argue that I don't understand why we're looking so off the pace but I just want to start with the lineup first because I think when you're looking at it on paper that was probably our strongest lineup I'm surprised Bailly didn't start I thought he would definitely get a start after the way Oli talked him up but looking at it as well, I just think there was more than enough quality to 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 win. And you're looking at the strong start we had initially of the first five minutes. But my biggest problem is we can't keep that tempo and intensity up. And that's also a problem, I think, during Oli's reign that you looked at when he came in. He was fantastic in his, his first sort of, what was it, three months. Then we dropped off in terms of form. And then we went into the following season, well, last season, with a very, very poor start. And then we picked up again. And it's these peaks and troughs in in, in our reign under Oli that is really causing me some concerns. I mean, am I correct in feeling like that? You know, Heather, you, you, you shouldn't blame yourself because as a Manchester United fan, you expect to start the season on a positive note. Uh, we ended, we uh, the reason why we, uh, you know, all of us were optimistic and still are maybe to a little extent, is because we ended the season so well in the Premier League. Uh, we we turned the tide around um, as a team. Uh, I think uh, Bruno Fernandes came in and had such a positive impact, and he just lifted the side single-handedly. But but it's important to notice either that how many of the players in the squad are rising up to him. It's important to realize that you can't expect Bruno Fernandes to put in ten on ten performances week and week out. It's literally asking the man to carry us to the title, and that's. That happens on a rare occasion, especially if you're a midfielder. Uh, when Van Persie did that for us single-handedly, like you know, he he had a sensational season when he was at United, and he you know single-handedly helped us challenge for the title. But I don't think football's the same anymore. It's more about quality all across the pitch, and 
and a lot of these players don't look ready to be very honest if you if you if you see the game there was no intensity from the minute go and and i think last season being extended to uh, you know for such a long duration has definitely had an impact on this team because uh, their fitness levels don't seem to be that high as compared to city or say liverpool um mm-hmm. and um, it's a fact that uh, united are not able to put the best uh, performances on the pitch because they simply don't look ready um i thought that majority of the players who played today were simply not good enough and this kind of result is you know when we look at the scoreline it seems like a thriller it was but you you'd expect more quality from united and um, you know certain players uh, like uh, we we'll speak about this in the podcast but um, i think uh, united need to really step up it's 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 there's no other way of putting it because uh, we can blame we can blame the tactics we can bl- blame the lack of preseason we can we can blame that players are not in good form but but we need to we we need to just accept the fact that things are not the best at the moment and the crystal palace result was bad today's performance was bad but the result was positive so it's it's something we can build on because i i don't feel the need to be extremely negative after such a performance because i feel we're just getting there in the season it's just been our second game of the season uh, so i think that a little bit of perspective is needed i wouldn't say that things are perfectly you know uh, per- perfectly fine at united they're not changes certainly have to be made um and transfers have to be completed united have to get sancho united have to get telles and uh, and and if possible even a center back but but it's 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 it looks like um, the business that has been carried off the pitch is certainly affecting our game on the pitch and um, united need to simply get ready and mend their act in the last few days of the market yeah, you make some fantastic points. One point which I just don't understand. Not, not, it's not to do with you. It's just a point that has been bandied around saying the business is so bad off the pitch. What's going on off the pitch is so bad. But this is a squad that was playing out with skin you know, near the end of the season. They finished third. The drop off in the levels is just it's just crazy. And this is my issue with it is that uh, that's a question I ask a lot of people. Is it a... Is it the fact they're unfit, which I think is a lot to do with it? It's going to take four or five games, but that's also a lack of planning on the club club club's part. It's also a lack of planning, you know, in terms of getting the players back, and it's also a mentality thing for me. I think Pogba specifically today. I don't want to go in on him because I honestly don't think it's his fault. I don't think he should have started. He had COVID. He's obviously not hundred percent fit. Van der Beek had a fantastic game against Luton. He should have got his first start today. That I mean, that's this is that's a managerial thing, right? The manager picks the team. Uh, two two issues for me is that defensive partnership is just not working. That defense today was absolutely shocking. On another day, Brighton hit the post how many times? What four or five times? They deserved honestly. They deserved to win. We got the victory. I'm not sure how, but Brighton were fantastic. And I think what stood out to me is. Firstly, that back post where Wambasaka was defending. How many times did Solly March get space? And a better player would have finished off two or three of those chances. The you know, defense is a big, big problem. They just look so, so un sort of, I guess there's no chemistry there. They don't look um, coordinated. Yeah. They don't look like they're working as a unit. And everyone knows that the pace with, with the center backs is a problem. They're both playing, obviously, they're both, we're both playing a high line. And the problem is that when, teams with a little bit of pace are attacking or trying to take advantage of them, you're seeing both centre-backs really struggle. I and mean, Bailly should have started really, shouldn't he, today? And 
we shouldn't be persisting with Lindelof and Maguire. I mean, I've got a bit of an issue with Maguire. I really think that we've dug ourselves a big hole spending 80 million on him. We And now he's captain. You can't go and shift him and put him on the bench or you can't get rid of him because you spent so much money on him. He has to work. But then Lindelof next to him doesn't work. So, I mean, against a better team, we would have been smashed today. I agree with you. Like The points that you make are extremely valid and it's tough to counter them because you make a lot of sense either. But uh, let me tell you one thing. Uh, I think Maguire's performances last season were not uh, the best i wouldn't say that he he's like he's the perfect uh, the perfect defender for 80 million but i think he was overly criticized last season because um, i felt that there, there there was a significant improvement in our performances last year after after him and van bissaka came in and i think that obviously the lindelof and uh, uh, maguire partnership will not work because no, uh, no title-winning side has that defense. To be very honest, it's it's not looking good for Lindelof. As things stand, it doesn't look good. Because you'd expect better performances from him. Because we 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 have seen it in the past that he can be good on certain days, and we've seen quality. But I, I can see defenders bullying him, and and that doesn't work well for any for any manager to see his player being bullied on the pitch constantly, week in week out. And and for how long will Matic cover up for Lindelof's mistakes? How much time will Maguire cover up for, for Lindelof's mistakes? And there are scenarios where, where, where Maguire makes a mistake and no one's there to cover for him. So basically, both the defenders don't have their back. And I think that's that's one of the biggest problems in the squad. Because if, if, you, if the defenders don't have a good chemistry and if the defenders don't trust each other and if the defenders don't know... Uh, uh, you know they're, they're positioning well because if you look if you look at United, you'd expect Ole to coach them better in terms of the, their defensive uh, uh, mindset, you know, and how they set up before a game. It's it's just that whenever I see a team having a go at a defense, it just looks so volatile. It just looks like we're about to concede, and 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 the lack of stability and the lack of confidence is is truly uh, something which is of huge concern. But um, I think uh, you you also brought up Pogba and uh, whether whether you know he should have started. I agree with you. The manager has uh, has the onus for for the players who start. I personally feel that Pogba Pogba is not ready. He doesn't look ready. He's literally jogging on the pitch. He he's not looking uh, up to it. His uh, his A game is not there. Uh, his distribution seems to be a to be a bit off. And to be very honest, when he's he when he gets dispossessed, uh, he he's not able to track back, and he's losing balls in key areas for uh, Brighton defender for for Brighton midfielders to come and dispossess and you know um, uh, push Brighton's play higher up. So I think that you know when I tweeted about Pogba, majority of the people said, "Look, you have an agenda." Obviously, I don't have an agenda. Pogba is a brilliant player. Pogba is a brilliant player on his day. He's a world class player on on his day. But him starting ahead of the team's benefit is not something that sits down with me. I feel that if he's not ready, he shouldn't, simply shouldn't start. And the same goes for players all across the pitch. If, they, if they're not ready, they shouldn't be starting. Rashford was not fit. He shouldn't have been starting, but he still is. He, 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 didn't, look, he didn't look at his best. Today was a great day for him. I think personally, he scored a beautiful goal. Um, uh, he, he, he you know changed the tide for United. And you could see that he wanted to make a difference. If you look at Martial, Martial is generally the person who literally lifts our game to the next level with his movement, with his skills. Today, the player barely got any service 
the player barely got any chance to score and when he did he looked sloppy so there are certain players who are not up to it yet like i said it's we can blame 10 things which are going wrong at united it's difficult to point out but it's a collective failure which is leading to to performances being bad off the pitch as well as on the pitch and if the club don't understand that and if the club don't back the manager things are just going to go from bad to worse and and i feel that today's result is papering over the cracks and it's important that united wake up because if they don't then we are facing spurs next, next right and it's it's not going to be pretty because they're going to come at us with everything that they have because jose knows that united on aren't in their best phase right now and and jose is going to set up in a way where where he's going to set up his teams on the counter which is which is going to be devastating considering kane and son are in form so united need to wake up it's simple as that yeah fantastic points one point i want to sort of bring up is that you know we say that the team don't look there's there's a lack of chemistry there's just a lack of uh i think fluidity in the side but i mean that's the question a lot of people are arguing is this an is this an ollie problem or is this a is this a tactical problem because we've seen that when you play on a when you play on a counter attacking sort of style of play we look very devastating the goal came from a, a counter attack with rashford i think the issue is that when you're playing when you're asked to break a team down and when you're asked to keep hold of the ball it's what people say that individual brilliance which is what united i think have relied on for a long time it seems like sometimes when the players go out they're not sure what they're doing and we were playing it long a lot of the times today you saw maguire playing long to martial and why are you doing that when you've got someone like martial who likes ball to feet he's going to come deep it seems that like there's this lack of understanding in the team of what their roles are and i think that was translated today and you can you can always say oh there's a, there has been a tweak to the system we look like we're playing more of a 4-3-3 but at the end of the day the players don't look like they know what they're doing they don't know what they've been sent out to do and i think that's either that's a managerial no i'm not saying ollie's a problem i'm not saying ollie out but i'm saying you've got a question what's going on in the training ground because defensively we look shocking uh, as if they've never played together some of these players have played all season together so that sort of performance you can put it down to lack of fitness but that understanding that's nothing to do with fitness and the problem is that we look like we're going out we've got 11 players who don't know each other and one of my one of the questions that was asked to me before we came on by someone I'm going to ask you this question he's questioning whether the sort of Pogba Bruno combination works uh, i think it does we've seen it does and it can work but he's i think he's questioning you know Bruno when you talk to a lot of portuguese fans they think he's better as an 8 rather than a 10 We look at Pogba at the moment he's playing very very deep. He we were at our best when Pogba was making those runs into the box. Do you think that Ole needs to find a way of getting this midfield working again because on paper that's up there with the best in the league. But they got outplayed by Brighton, got outplayed by Palace. It's a big problem and that's not a personnel problem because you can't say I think that midfield is the strongest that we've had since Sir Alex has gone. So you can't say to say to Ole oh it's a, it's a personnel problem. The problem is that I don't know if they're being coached in the correct manner. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. I think you have every right to criticize Ole in terms of his tactical uh, uh, ability and I think you know I think Ole Ole is still a very young manager in terms of play uh, you know managing a top side uh, and he will make mistakes. Look, it's 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 given that he will make mistakes in certain aspects. And um uh, 
I think, you know, it's important for United to realize that if they're going to set up a midfield of Pogba and Bruno Fernandes, there has to be a certain amount of balance. And that balance is obviously brought in by Nemanja Matic. So when Matic comes and plays in this side, we look like a whole different team. Because the defence has a cover in front, so they don't tend to make as many mistakes as they often do. I think United's defence got exposed against Palace because there was no Matic. Uh, Pogba got dispossessed and, you know, Palace knew exactly what to do. And and I think today when Matic started, I think we would have conceded pretty early on had Matic not been playing. So, it's it's important to realise that the kind of impact that this player has on this team. So, when you talk about a midfield of Bruno Fernandes and Pogba being the best, it doesn't become the best be- un- unless there is a Matic in it. So, so when when we talk about um, adding steel to a midfield, I think that's what Matic brings to the table. And in terms of Pogba, look, he he's a fancy player. He's a luxurious player. He's a Rolls Royce type of player. He he he'll he'll make you want to watch him. He'll he'll do he'll do things which which are not warranted, but he'll still do them because because he, that's his style of play. You can't change Pogba's game. So if Pogba wants to try a trick and get the ball past his man, and if it doesn't work out, there needs to be someone behind him who covers up for him. And I don't think Bruno Fernandes is that man, because considering Bruno plays so high up the pitch, if Pogba loses the ball, it's literally difficult for Bruno to track back as fast as the other team progress the ball into the other team's half. So, it's important to realise that what Matic brings to the table. Because I think everyone literally focuses on Pogba and Bruno being the best midfield. But I think if if Matic plays, Pogba's game is also enhanced. Bruno's game is also enhanced. So, today we saw Matic playing. Pogba's still not at his best. You know it. Pogba's still not ready. He's still not ready to play 90 minutes, in my opinion. He needs to get back to his level best. And I think... We 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 need we need to see him playing uh, a lot more behind the scenes because that that's the only way that he'll gain his sharpness, and um, and he needs to stop losing the balls in key areas because that's extremely dangerous, and and I'm a little worried if that happens against Spurs because that that that's that's not going to be easy for Maguire and Lindelof at all. They 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 literally look like Bambi on ice, and it doesn't look good for United, especially if you, if you look at players running at Lindelof. He literally looks lost, and um, and he and and he's not able to clear the balls uh, uh, in uh, in uh, you know when he when he's defending he he'll just haphazardly just uh, kick the ball away, uh, leading through throws in key positions. And I think that he needs to be doing better for a for a player who plays for Manchester United. Obviously, the fans have a right to have high standards. No, uh, there has no excuses for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Something I do want to say. So two points. Um, we talk about Bruno Fernandez. The thing that I love about Bruno, and look, I think he's been pretty bad for the last few games. I think he had near the end of the season, he was absolutely gassed, wasn't he? He was out of out of energy. And that's why we bought someone like Van der Beek so that Bruno doesn't have to play every single minute of every single competition. But when you look at Bruno, he, he didn't have a good performance at all today. I thought he was actually very poor. I think there was nobody really that played well today. I wouldn't say it was anyone that I was impressed with. But I will say about Bruno is that that mentality, he always affects the game as well. That penalty at the end was absolutely unbelievable. Top corner, that's what, 100th minute of the game? And the yeah, second point as well, goal and assist. He played, didn't play very well, but he's still affecting games. 
And this is what United haven't had for a long time, is that United haven't had a player where, when United's players play badly, we've seen that in the past seven years, four or five players play badly. The whole team plays badly. They can't get the victory. But Bruno played badly today. He played badly last week. Yet he's he's coming to the side again, starting. He didn't start in midweek and he's got a goal and an assist. I mean, that's, that's a top, top player. And that suggests to you then that you know, I need more players like that because even if a top player has a bad day, they can still affect the game. And United's problem is that, and you look at the bench, this is what I want to say to you, look at the bench. And I believe Dan James wasn't on the bench. There was nothing on the bench to change the game. And I, I, I'm not sure whether Oli's sending a message. I think he might have done that in the first game, perhaps the board saying, look, I need reinforcements. But surely now, despite that victory today, surely now they need to, the board need to look at it and think, right, we need to get players in because this cannot carry on. Otherwise, this reminds me of Jose's third season. We saw with Jose, obviously, we had a very poor preseason and we didn't get, he didn't get the players he wanted. And by, by October, it was a mess. And I, I did tweet out that I'm getting sort of Jose third season vibes with this. That if it doesn't go Ollie's way in the next four or five weeks, God forbid he's on the on the chopping block and then we're making another change. I mean, are you worried about that as well? I think that's too early in the season to, uh, you know, think about that. But I, I agree with you, Heather. Like, you know, uh, it's important that we we acknowledge what's happening because I'm not going to be one of those fans who says, no, you know, Ole's not going to lose his job because he's here to stay for the next 10, 15 years. It's not going to be like that. Modern football isn't like that. And, and um, modern football punishes those who uh, who are uh, who are managing bad sides, and and he's going to be and he's going to be blamed for that. And and the sad part is that he's not even the biggest problem at United. He's clearly not the biggest problem. He might have his off days. Look, players have bad days, and managers can have bad days as well. It's it's all about it's all about realizing the potential that Ole has, and is and does he have the potential to lead us to a title? Look, I'll. I'll 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 be honest here. He I'm unsure, Akash. I'm unsure. He he's a manager who's a novice, and you can't expect a novice to lead the team to a title. And 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 I and and I just want to say that look, he he might win something, and and that'll be the happiest day of my life to watch to watch Ole win something as a manager at Manchester United. But even if he fails, and even if he does. I think he'll be giving a beautiful side to the next manager that comes in who can work wonders with the team. I'm not saying that Ole can't, but from what I've seen is that United have a brilliant plan A and when that plan A works, it's brilliant. United plays some great football when it does. But what happens when the plan A doesn't work? There's literally no plan B. And when you don't have a plan B, that's where fans and rival fans also start to questioning the tactical ability of the manager and whether the manager is good enough to, you know, manage the club. So Ole has definitely done a culture reboot. He has positives. He has brought in a wave of change and, and, and I'm happy that he has. But it's all upon the board to back him now because if they don't, then, then there'll come a time where people will get frustrated with results. They'll say, you know what, Ole is not good enough to manage his side and he'll be the first one to take the blame and he'll be the one who'll be kicked out. And the next thing you know, Pochettino comes in. He he'll he'll have uh, uh, probably a one good season. He'll be back one window. And the next thing you know, he's sacked as well. So it's a cycle. It's a never-ending cycle. Yeah. We said the same thing about Mourinho and uh, and Solskjaer coming in, and things will change forever. 
But here we are, literally eight or nine days before the transfer window closes and without a right winger, without a left back, without a centre back. This is not to be blamed on Ole at all. It doesn't depend who takes the fall. Because at the end of the day, it's the manager who does it. It's the first thing. You can't kick out a first 11. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't ask the board to leave. So it's the so it's the manager who gets the blame for everything that happens at the club, for success and for failure. So, so like you said, the the is is Ole good enough? You know, if, if will he get criticized? Of course, he will get criticized because what the players do on the pitch is a reflection of the coach's ideas and the coach's beliefs. And if they don't reflect that well, it's 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 really sad, you know, Heather. It's because. It's a never-ending cycle. We've been told as fans that this transition at the club for seven years. How long? Literally, how long? Liverpool have done it in lesser time than us. With well, After Klopp has come in. They've literally done it in a lesser time. And Liverpool's squad, trust me, was ten times worse than what we had. You're right now, yeah, absolutely. They they were, but they they backed the manager. I'm going to read a quick comment and then I'll, we'll carry on. But uh, Samuel, hello, mate. Thanks for your comment. Thanks for getting involved. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Um, as much as we love him, I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about Oli, questions have to be raised concerning Oli. Adding Sancho will hardly transform us to world beaters. We lack cohesion and direction, relying on individual brilliance alone. Guys, get your comments in. Um, make sure you get involved. We'd love to hear what you guys are thinking about the result. Look. I think that's my problem. I'm not going to be one of those that, and you know my views. We've been speaking for a long time. You know, in December, I was very, of, of last year, I was very concerned. I just didn't think he had it in him. To be able to turn it around the way he has and to get us to third was fantastic. And I think that's definitely got to be, uh, you got to give him praise for that. But he did his job, right? He got us to third, got us back in the Champions League. And what's happened? Essentially, he's been left out to dry in terms of transfers. There's no excuse for what we're seeing right now. But as Samuel says, you know, you've got to also look at what's on the pitch. And we looked at what's happened the last two two games. Whether they're match fit or not, for me, is not... Uh, I know we've discussed this, but for me, that's not a problem because you have there still has to be some sort of cohesion and plan. And it doesn't... I, I can't tell you what we're trying to do on the pitch. When we play the counter-attacking style, I know exactly what we're doing. We've got the players to do that. But he's now got a midfield that can control a game. And you're right completely that... The, problem is bigger we know the bigger issue the bigger issue is the board it's the owners it's the it's woodward there's you know the negotiation the transfer strategy and that's what we'll come on to now but we know the the problem is bigger but then also we have to also be objective don't we on what we look on the pitch and we have to say we have to call a spade a spade if the performance is poor and there's a lack of direction and cohesion as samuel said then we have to call that out I think the problem is that there's some people who caught Ollie out regardless what. I mean, there's people complaining about his comments yesterday and making things up about his comments, which are ridiculous. And then there's some people then who can't also objective, objectively look at it, the situation. I mean, the question I want to ask you, now you said you doubt about the title. A lot of people say, oh, well, Klopp had four years. But for me, that you can't compare the two situations because Klopp, uh, one sec, Kieran. Don't worry, Kieran. Akash is, we're going to talk about a few transfer rumors after this and Akash does speak to a few journalists so uh we will do that but when you look at the idea that Klopp had four years and then he won the title there was so many different factors one Klopp was a world-class manager as you said Oli's still a novice and he if would he have got the job if he wasn't a legend most certainly not 
But you look at Klopp, he's come in. Yes, they've bought fantastically well for him. They they follow the plan and the strategy. United don't seem to have that. Or Oli's trying to bring that in, but he's not getting back to the right times. But you also have to take into account that when you look at Oli's credentials and you actually look at his perhaps his ability as a manager, you do have to have question marks over that, don't you? Because you could say, let's say an Ancelotti was United's manager. You could argue he'd be getting more out of this, this team currently, couldn't you? To be honest, mate, um, you know, United always have gone for the biggest managers ever since uh, Sir Alex left. You know, uh, I read an article which said that David Moyes was the seventh or the eighth choice manager. And United, it's not that United haven't tried. They tried for Guardiola. It didn't work out. Uh, they, they tried for the best of managers out there in the game. But majority of the managers were happy at the clubs that they were at that time. And Moyes came in. That was a total disaster. Van Gaal came in. He had such a positive vibe about him. But the football that he played was dire. And then Mourinho came in. And he lifted the side. But still, Mourinho being Mourinho, third season, out. Then comes in Oli. So... It's not that United have not tried getting good managers. It's just that United have always, be, you know, been at the wrong place at the wrong time. If if you get what I mean, you know, it's it's they always get caught. And last time when they when there were talks about uh, Ole not being good enough, uh, Poch was being spoken about. But United backed uh, Ole in the market with Bruno, and and you know he he really turned it around. So when we talk about, you know, United as a club, we need to show more ambition. You know, we 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 don't act like a big club anymore. I don't feel I don't feel the fact that you know United are where they were before. No, it's not. United are slipping, and it's sad to watch them slip, and 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 they will continue to slip because nobody at United wants to take take the blame. You know, when when you look when you look at Edward Wood. He's all he's done is acknowledged his mistakes in the past, and he said, "You know what? We didn't do the best work in the transfer market, but we'll do better." But you you just can't say sorry and get away. We are we are Manchester United. If you get if you if you could say sorry at Brighton and get away, it would be a different story. But if you say sorry at Manchester United and get away with it, it's not good enough. It's the lack of accountability, Akash. You know, for example, like you say, Ed Woodward he's had four managers now he's appointed and he's got it wrong. He's, he, I mean, look, he's made mistakes. So if this is a manager, like we've seen, the manager makes a mistake or the manager's not performing, they get sacked. But then you look at you look at Woodward, the lack of accountability, they know that it doesn't matter because as soon as the money's rolling in for the Glazers, he's done his job. Football isn't the priority anymore. Mad Judge, just look at Mad Judge. He, he can't get... he. You know, it's so sad to listen to players and ex-players talk about United contracts and transfers because I really, really appreciate what Evra did this week. You know, I really appreciate what he did this week by posting about Manchester United and how things work behind the scene because it's an absolute state of shock uh, at how United operate because it's simply not good enough. Just look at Liverpool. I feel so jealous when I see a club like Liverpool do well, but it's so hard to ignore the kind of work that they're doing because it's actually phenomenal how they operate, operate as a club. If you look at their weight structure, Salah is the highest player, uh, paid player in the in the uh, in the lineup, and deservedly so, and deserved deservedly so, because he he he's 
he's been probably one of the best players in the season. And if you look at Van Dijk, he owns less than Shaw, I think. If you look, if you look at Liverpool's wage bill, that's, but that's a big problem, Akash. You know, you look at Dean Henderson, 120k. We're paying our goalkeepers. Henderson, 120k. He's played one game for United. And you've got um, De Gea, 315, and you've got Romero on what 75k a year. That's so much money that that look. It's a mismanagement of the club. But the problem is that that's now filtering down to Oli, isn't it? It's filtering down to his ability to want to improve the side, but not be able to bring players in. And something. X has said here quickly. I'm just going to read one comment out quick. And he said, This was our best 11. How does it justify such a poor performance against Brighton? Where are the patterns of play? Where is the attacking football we were promised? He's got a point, hasn't he? It's, it's you know, I, I, when, when I see such questions, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to disagree, Heather. You know, it's tough to disagree. I, I mirror these feelings. I generally mirror these feelings. And I, as a fan, I, as a fan, want United to play the best football that is there, and that's attacking football. But you need to realize something, Heather, that, you know, United are still not ready to play that kind of football. And I'll tell you why. The moment United play higher up the pitch with such a defensive line, it's game over, buddy, before they even realize it. It's game over. And the manager knows that. That's why we set up on the counter. Because, and that's, and, and you can imagine the kind of frustration Ole must be facing. Because if you're facing on the counter, you'd expect your defence to absorb the kind of pressure from the other side. But our defence come crumbles under that as well. So you neither can he play attacking football nor can he play counter-attacking football. So where does that leave Oli? He, he, that leaves him with basically possession football. And when he plays uh, possession football, this team simply can't uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, make the difference in the final third. So it's, it's, it's kind of sad. I feel sad when I watch Manchester United sometimes because I know we've become extremely predictable. United, if, if we are going to play a certain brand of football, then I'd expect a little bit of stability at the back line because it's important to realize that I agree with Jose with uh, Jose Mourinho when he said something that, you know, good sides are made from the back. And that's actually so true. When, when you actually look at Liverpool, when you look at City, they're not sides who crumble under pressure. They don't because they they they're well not not only are they well coached that's an absolute very well coached they're extremely the manager the manager you know that with Guardiola they're playing exactly to the game plan with Klopp as uh, Samuel says here obviously you knew when Klopp came you know he played the game and pressing they play because the manager's identity is on the pitch but this is a problem right. We don't know what Oli's identity is. I'm not saying he hasn't done good. I'm not saying we haven't played great football. We were excellent post-lockdown. As Kieran said, that post-lockdown form was brilliant. But I think my problem is that I just, I don't know. I don't know if he can, it does has ability to push, a, you know, sort of a pattern of play and quality onto these players. You know, it's, it's good. It's too many times it's that individual brilliance, isn't it? You're just sending the players out there. And it seems like that sometimes. They'd be like, right, Rashford's goal today was individual brilliance. The goal, Maguire's goal today was a mistake by by Brighton. United are winning games because of individual individual brilliance or mistake. Uh, I think that's a problem. I know it's only the second game, etc. We shouldn't overreact, but like you said, completely with that defensive line. But again, Oli knows that this defensive line, you, we're going to play a high line. He knows it's poor. So why wasn't Bailly playing? You know, why isn't he? This is the point. You get paid to make these decisions, and. Today we got away with it, but another day it could have been four or five to Brighton. Mate, if 
it was going to be so ugly today i'm not even kidding it had had they had they actually scored the chances that they had it it, yeah. it would have been an extremely embarrassing defeat and you know and i'm not even kidding there was there was a scenario where i thought that you know what i i i'm not getting a good vibe from this game because the moment they started having a go at the post and uh, and i thought that you know it's hit the post once okay maybe twice but they kept they kept going at a goal and they kept having times and and and, <laughs> and I was literally shitting myself when when i when i when i was watching the side because you know watching united play against brighton shouldn't be that tough and 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 it shouldn't be if you if you watch city or if you watch liverpool they kind of cruise from these games and they cruise through such games with and it's it's sad because you know i think even the manager must be disappointed with with the team today and and he he'd expect better because people are not blind people are going to see through this performance it's a and and no one's going to laud this performance it you you might laud the character you might say you know it's 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 a uh, it's a great thing that the players didn't give up till the last minute look fair play and donny well, you know if if you're talking about donny he's been extremely good ever since he's come on like you 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 can't find faults in him he's actually had a very positive impact from the moment he's actually won the corner that led to the goal and he and he was only and he, uh, and he and he scored last game as well so he's he's trying to you know make those uh, kind of decisions which have a positive uh, impact on the team and bailing out the team and so is bruno fernandes i i i personally feel that bruno's the uh, having a lot of frustration in his game you can see it he he you you can see the frustration in bruno's games because he he wants the ball and when he gets the ball and plays higher up he plays beautiful passes what an assist for the rashford goal like literally he, he that was a beautiful pass you 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 know there's a player in him and you know there's a player in paul pog but you know there's a player in but is that individual brilliance rather than the players are, are getting coached properly in training because that's that's my thing i'm not there's nothing against oli um but there's a question here actually so I'll, I'll ask this to you uh samuel's got another question some great comments mate and uh thanks to everyone else in the comments um samuel said i think we lack intelligent players bruno came in and became a game changer van der beek has come in you feel that it'll be operating in a different dimension to the rest yeah clever players isn't it and when i look at the squad i'm not saying that the, the players aren't intelligent but there's too many players that I would I would argue don't have that footballing acumen. I think you can say Matter's one of them but his legs have gone. Van der Beek certainly is a you, you can tell he's got a footballing IQ. It's, it's it's at a very high level. Bruno's another, but can you argue that maybe the manager doesn't have the the same level of IQ as a top top manager because this is I'm I'm still going to say this apart from the defense. This is that front six, you know, obviously with Matic in the midfield and the front three is up there with the best in the league on their day. Like I don't think you can deny that, but I'm just not seeing. I'm not seeing that they're being coached well enough. If 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 you really want to, you know, like you know, uh, have a look at Ole's performances, I think he sets up well in big games. Uh, I think that's his forte, if I'm not wrong. Uh, I think he likes to uh, take up those games as a challenge, and that's where his, uh, you know, uh, ability to coach a team like Manchester United shines. But when you actually look at the Premier League as a league, it's it's not that simple. Every game is a challenge in itself, and and if you underestimate a side and uh, uh, go into that game without the level of preparedness that you actually need to have, it's it's embarrassing, you know. Because 
I don't want to see my team win after a full time whistle. It's it's not that I don't support it. I'll, I'm the happiest guy because who doesn't like a win like that? But to be very honest, do we actually expect to struggle against teams like Brighton or a team like Palace? It's it's not it's not fair on the fans because you know what? I I'm, I'm I don't want to be too overly critical because you know that 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 brings out a different side in me and and I and I tend to have those thoughts that you know I'm I'm going in a different dimension in terms of criticizing the manager but I don't want to get into too much into that because I still feel that if Ole is given the signings that he wants maybe just maybe we can see better performances because I think he if any got in a quality player like Bruno the team actually start performing well I think when others see Bruno play they wish to uh, uh, step up their performances as well, and that went for Paul Pogba as well. The moment Bruno came in, you could see that Paul Pogba's game improved as well. So, I think better players lead to better teams, and better teams need to be managed by good coaches. So, when we talk about a coach, I think the only person I would go for, and I don't think I would go for Poch to be very honest, I would go for Nagelsmann. Yeah. That's a good shout. I mean, to be honest with you, I would I would bite your hand off for Pochettino, but I will I will agree with and I've said this all window. This is not me being Ollie out. It's just me playing devil's advocate. We have to we have to unlock a lot of the I would say a lot of these questions. I think we have to be objective. We have to assess things as you see them. Too many times we're saying, well, yes, we know that the board are not backing Ollie, and this is the most frustrating thing. It's not his fault. He needs better quality so that he can show what he can do. And when I look at Chelsea, I'm not really jealous of their players. I'm jealous of the, the ambition they're showing. I'm jealous of the fact that they're giving Lampard, who is a much more inferior manager than Ollie, I will say that. They're giving him all the, the tools and the foundation to try and get to the next level. And we're not doing that for our manager. Look, there's still, a, what, just under two weeks of the window left. You might see a difference. But my problem, I, not my problem, but my thing towards Oli is that, yes, that off-field stuff is a problem, but what we're seeing on the pitch the last two days, whether you're fit or not, is simply not good enough. For me, it's 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 worse than I imagined us to start the season. And that's, I guess, where, look, you're as a manager, you're expected to prepare the team. Yes, no preseason, but you're expected to still get the players out there and to, to show some sort of uh, system and patterns of play and some sort of cohesiveness and fluidity and we're not seeing that i mean akash i'm going to ask you your last last sort of things on that um how would you fit donny van der bake into the team because i think he deserves a start now where would you play him i know ollie played him at number 10 against luton and then after you answer that we're gonna i'm gonna ask you about a few transfer things i know you speak to a few journalists so maybe you can give an insight for about five or ten minutes so yeah what, what would you do with donny I think, you know, speaking to people who have actually seen him play in, in uh, Ajax and uh, I've only heard good things about him, Heather, because, you know, he, he he's such a positive lad. And uh, I also, uh, you know, have seen a couple of his games when when, when he played uh, at mm -hmm. Ajax. And I think he, he plays uh, best in the number 10 role. Um, undoubtedly, as close to the bo box as, as it gets, because that's where his intelligence lies. You know, when, when we used to sp speak about Chicharito and his intelligence in the box, the fox in the box type of movement, that's the kind of intelligence that uh, Van der Beek brings to the table. He At Ajax, uh, he played uh, three positions, actually. He played as a DM, he played as a centre midfielder, and he also played higher up as an attacking midfielder. So, he, he's an extremely versatile player, if, if I may say so. But, but 
uh, I think his best position is to play uh, as far uh, as the number 10 role. So uh, that's where I, I would play him. His intelligence needs to be close to the box. That's where that's where he steps up truly. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, like I said, I did a podcast with a Dutch football expert and he was so glowing of of Donny van der Beek. I've watched Van der Beek a lot, actually, before he joined. Um, and I, I knew the quality he would bring. I'm just trying to figure out. I, I tweeted, well, actually, I messaged someone saying, I'm not sure Oli has an idea of where he thinks he's best yet. I, I think that, you know, it seems number 10, but I think he could definitely do a job further deeper as a number eight, even a number six in the games where we have a lot of possession. But uh, let's move on quickly. The next five minutes um, <laughs> transfers, we've got to talk about this. But um, look, I don't really see us signing Jen Sancho, if I'm being honest, from the reports. Ooh. I know United will put down probably a bid soon. That's what all the British journalists are saying. Jamie Jackson did say that the other day. Um, but I do expect United to be busy in the sense I think they'll sign players. It doesn't it frustrate you, though. You look at Tellez, and I'm sorry to say about Shaw. Some, someone tweeted me, one of my good friends tweeted me during the game saying, oh, Shaw's been excellent making those marauding runs. He won the free kick for for the goal, the first goal. I said, is that how low the standards have fallen that we're praising Shaw because he made a run? There's a distinct lack of quality in his end product, which Tellez will bring in abundance. And that's a deal that could be done very easily. It's such a small fee for a player of that quality, obviously being in the final year. Doesn't it frustrate you that United are not pushing forward the, with that? Then you've got the Sancho situation, which United have let drag on all summer. Look, if the agent fees and the, the personal terms were an issue, what United should have done, they knew Sancho was their top target for every year. United should have sorted that out back in sort of before the end of the season, probably what, May or that sort of time, March to May spoken to the agent and been like look these are the personal terms let's agree them so that when it came to summer we could work on the feet we know united have money problems i don't want to get into that but that is what a big club does right they, they're efficient we've let this drag on all summer and what if we don't get him are we going to scramble around and get douglas costa we're going to get perisic it's just such a bad you know bad planning and uh, way of doing your business and i guess like the final point is with the center-back position I i'm really starting to think that if we don't get sancho We'd be much better going and getting Upamakano for 60-odd million euros or whatever it will take, getting a left back in and getting someone like Saab because United have so many glaring issues and that defence is just going to let us down all season, isn't it? Uh, mate, when you speak about frustrations, try being a transfer account on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I know you get people messaging you saying, why have you not signed so-and-so as if you're in the negotiation team? <laughs> It's, it's it's tough, you know. It's it's tough, and even when I don't want to think about transfers, I am forced to think about transfers, and that spoils my day because uh, I honestly don't want to see indecisiveness. I don't want to see, um, you know, uh, United look in, inexperienced, mate. And for a club of Manchester United stature, that's nowhere near good enough. And uh, to be very honest, the Jaden Sancho deal has dragged on for such a long time, but. The optimist or optimistic person in me still believes that he'll come. And I'll tell you why. I think that United have waited for so long because they still don't know when the fans are supposed to return. And that's having a huge hit on revenues. I'm not defending them. I know this should have been done a long time ago. And it's and it's shambolic that it's not been done. But I'm just trying to reason with you and tell you why things are as they are. So they feel that they're losing around four million to five million a week in terms of revenue. 
Yeah, about 110 million. Yeah, a season. Yeah, so that's where United have taken a loan against their, uh, you know, from a credit facility in order to manage operation costs, if I'm right, right? Do correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, you're right so far, yeah. Yeah, so, so I feel that United have seen other clubs do business. You know, Chelsea have gone for Havertz. They, they, not not every club has done big business, but literally in the Premier League, almost every club has done more business than Manchester United, barring two or three teams. So it's not that United are not aware. I, I was uh, not arguing, but say uh, uh, having a conversation with Simon Stone on Twitter. And from the idea that I got from Simon Stone was that, look, United are not chasing 30 or 40 million players. You can't expect to compare other clubs' business to Manchester United because it's not op- op- operating at the same scale at all. So the kind of um, frustration the fans are feeling is justified to us because we are fans and we want things done for the best for the team. But from the club's point of view, they're trying to get the best possible deal that there is in terms of getting Jaden Sancho to Manchester United. Because look, it's not just a hundred million transfer. There are wages that need to be paid, the agent fees that need to be paid, and there overall it's going to be an ex- extremely expensive operation in COVID times. Um, I'm, I'm being very honest because that's what I've been told when I speak to people that you should not criticize the club overtly in this deal because they are trying to get the best possible deal at the best possible price. So obviously the uh, I've been uh, the only thing that's frustrating is the briefs that go out in the media because I don't think any fan deserves that let alone Manchester United fans just to get engagement out of the fans frustration is not a fair way to do that at all it's not fair on the fans do you think that's do you think they're genuinely doing that they're putting out these briefs because they all these posts you know when you see people put the the admin of United social media saying oh check out this goal against Fulham in 2015 or whatever do you think they're genuinely doing it to increase engagement because Obviously, fans are going in there and they're commenting, sign Sancho, and they're having a go at them. I mean, that's very I, cynical. I, I comment in those posts as well. I'm not going to lie. I tell them to, you know, take a break once in a while because it's not fair on the fans. Just after Crystal Palace, they're asking, let's have a look at the 2015 goal scored against Sunderland. No, mate, that's not how, that's not how things work. That's not how things work. But, but, but the fact remains that the social media team is not the one conducting the transfers, are they? They're just doing their job in order to engage people and fans into content related to Manchester United. So, so that's how things are at the moment. It's extremely frustrating. But I still believe the, the optimistic person... Fuck, I lost connection. Is everything all right? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Carry on. Yeah. So, so you know, uh, I was speaking about Manchester United and, uh, and how, how the social media team operates. Look, like we are all frustrated at the moment, but it's not the social media team that conducts the transfers, do they? So it's 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 not them. They are just trying to engage fans in Manchester United related content. So while we might take out our frustrations on the club, it's it's important that we realize that it's not going to change as long as Woodward and Matt Judge are there. It's not going to change. You can't expect them to change overnight. They're not going to become efficient overnight. That's how Manchester United operate. And, and unless they go, United fans have to get used to the fact that that's how things are done over there. 
because they don't and now it's all about how much of it do we want to put up with because frankly speaking i don't i don't think fans are going to be extremely patient for a very long time you know i i never expected mad mad judge to come into the limelight but here he is you know everyone's literally speaking about mad judge and how he does negotiations contracts being yeah. in the last as a debt manager the conflict of interest is just it's it's startling isn't it but i think look i agree with you on the sancho deal my biggest problem though is that why have other deals not been wrapped up we know the and this is the point it's a long term issues from the ownership is we're so heavily debt laden and we've got such high debt obligations that if they weren't there we wouldn't be having these problems we would have money to spend and that's the point isn't it that the years of all the the debt repayments and the interest has now come to bite us now with covid and we don't have this revenue coming in from match day fans and the problem is like tellez is 18 million potentially 18 to 20 million pounds buy him we need him yeah um I think that's that's a deal that's being worked on, and I don't think we should be too frustrated on that deal. Reason being that it's, I think, speaking to uh, the, you know, I spoke to the uh, uh, editor of Record Magazine in Portugal. Uh, so uh, he he did mention that uh, things are being, uh, you know, uh, worked on. It's not as advanced as people say it is, but a deal is being worked on. I don't think they've agreed on a bid or, or a valuation yet. uh because uh, uh, if that was the scene then we would have heard here we go from uh from fabrizio but things are not as close so i think that um that deal could be wrapped up early next week we should have some hope on that front or maybe over the weekend as well who knows but my feeling is that we go all out for sancho next week interesting interesting okay so i'm going to ask you one more question before we wrap up center back is there any any movement on that i know smalling possibly out the door hopefully soon i mean we know the issues of rojo and jones but do you expect uh, smalling to to sort of set off a domino effect for united in the sense that he'll go and united will look at a center back anyone in particular or is it just paper talk you know um, it's 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 a glaring fact and i think even gary neville mentioned this that uh, You know, it's oh, a glaring. Fact, yeah, uh, carry on. Yeah, it's a glaring fact that Manchester United. Uh, you know, everyone knows that they need a centre back. It's an it's an absolute necessity this window, and if they uh, don't get it done, then they have Maguire and Lindelof and Bay. So they have to decide whether they want to back the manager in terms of what he needs. and i agree with gary neville when he said that you know what sancho will elevate united's game to the next level in terms of our attacking options but united are not going to challenge for the title with that defense so it's 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 an absolute necessity that we get it done sooner rather than later but i think uh, there have been a couple of links in terms of pau torres i don't think he's he's on anymore uh uh badia shile uh buhafsi said uh, that a first bid went in got rejected so united have not come back for a second offer uh monaco want the player to stay at uh, uh, at the club uh, until unless they get a brilliant offer for the player something in, in something on the lines of martial a similar fee i don't think united are going to pay that much this summer um i i i don't see any other uh, links uh, you know opamecano was linked but you know what that's that's a hefty investment and 
you can't expect united to get sancho and upamecano so if 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 united get upamecano and tears that's that's planning if united get uh, uh, sancho and tears that's plan b you can't uh, expect united to go all out and conduct transfers on all fronts as frustrating as that sounds from a transfer account from a person who runs a transfer account and who wants more signings it's it's extremely frustrating uh and i want united to get a center back but it's difficult to see it, see them getting it over the line right now yeah i agree just some of kieran's comments i don't think any center back is on and it's hefty but needed completely agree but look i just think that i would just be doing away with the lindelof and maguire partnership it's just you know it's as you say like the manager has to live and die by his decisions. And if we carry on playing this, it's going to cost us more and more games. If Bai can keep fit, play him. If he can't, you've got Tunzebi. Hopefully he can keep fit. If not, I'd be playing Mengi. But look, this is not really a situation United should be in where they don't know their, their best centre-back partnership. Or Oli does, but he it's not good enough. But uh, Akash, thank you very much for joining me today, mate. It's always a pleasure to talk football with you. Likewise, Heather. And thank you for having me on. And uh, congratulations on the new podcast and hopefully uh you know we see a great milestone soon in terms of achievements for you and your podcast absolutely thank you Thanks very much, man. Honestly, thank you so much for all your support. You've been amazing. Uh, this is a first, I know it says Red Devils Talk at the top, but this is our first heavy hitters show. Hopefully, uh, Akash, obviously, from the United Link can join uh, at least once a month if uh, time permits him. But uh, make sure you check out all our content. We're doing some great stuff. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. We'll be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And on Anchor as well, if you want to listen to the audio version. So that will be out later on. We'll be pushing this out on Monday as well. So uh, Akash will definitely give this a retweet to all his followers as well. But make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. And we will see you next time.